11-year MLS pro Quincy Marroquois here, and you're now listening to The Perfect Soccer Podcast, where your host goes one-on-one to get to know your favorite professional soccer players, both on and off the pitch. Because how better to learn what it takes to become a pro soccer player other than directly from pro soccer players? Today's episode is brought to you by PerfectSoccerSkills.com, the number one and only platform you'll ever need to connect with and learn from pro soccer players. Learn more and enter to win weekly soccer prizes, goals, balls, jerseys, player meet and greets, and more by heading over to PerfectSoccerSkills.com PSTM to enter to win for free today. With that said, please enjoy today's episode. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Perfect Soccer Podcast. Our special guest today is John Lewis. John, how's it going? I'm good, and yourself? I'm doing good, doing good. Uh, appreciate you coming on. Yes, thank you for having me. I'm excited. Yeah, let's um, let's just go back in time. Uh, what was your first memory of playing soccer? Uh, I think it was playing, like, just pick up, like, messing around soccer, like, just back in, like, like elementary school, just kicking, playing kickball and, like, kicking around a soccer ball, and I just... I liked it and then uh also when I was younger I lived in Jamaica and that was like the first time that I really really caught on to soccer because obviously in that in the Caribbean culture it's so big over there so that was the first time that I really 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 like attached to soccer but that I would say those are my first moments I think I was in the third grade maybe the fourth grade when mm-hmm. I really started to attach on to soccer gotcha and then yeah I knew you you grew up in uh Florida um what was your what was your youth career like so I grew up in South Florida. I played recreational soccer in Plantation, and I ended up playing for the Plantation Eagles. And for the most part, that's where my career kind of just started. I mean, uh, played played for Plantation Eagles up to I was about sixteen, maybe, and then I ended up going over to the to the DA Academy at Kendall in Miami. And from there, that's just where everything kind of started to come together. I ended up going to college at the University of Akron, and then ended up in the MLS. Gotcha. So yeah, you 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 only played. Um... Like club soccer, you didn't play in high school, right? Like for uh, your... no, I played high school for oh, okay. my for my high school the first year. So freshman year, I played at South Plantation High School, and then my sophomore year, I played at uh, JP Terravella because I transferred schools, <laughs> and that was about it, though. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, and then what about what was your recruiting process like uh, to college? Uh, so um, actually, it's an interesting story. So I didn't really get recruited much, and I was getting I got looked at by Akron my I think it was my last academy game of my senior year and Jared coach Jared called came and saw me and he was like oh basically like who is this kid <laughs> and I went down there and he he came down to uh where did we have the academy playoffs again I can't remember if it was in Dallas or not it might have been in LA I don't know but we had academy playoffs and he saw me playing against LA Galaxy and he was like oh like this kid is a like, good I scored that game, and then I, he reached out to me after, and he was like, I know it's late in the recruiting process. We really believe in you. And then my mom kind of just was like, well, how much do they really believe in you? And they offered me a full ride. And, I mean, University of Akron is obviously a big school, and then they offered me a full ride that late in the process. And, like, then, obviously, after they were the first team to offer me something uh, for school, then I started to, you know, get interest from other schools. But ultimately, I chose Akron because, again, they were the first, te- the first school to actually really come and see me. Obviously, I played club soccer. They saw me playing with my club, and then they saw me play with 
in the DA Academy. So uh, for that, for that, that's why I really, really liked him. And like, honestly, I didn't even need to go to the school and go look at it. I, I did take a visit, but I just liked the fact that they were the first school that was interested in me and they showed a real interest in me. They didn't say anything about like, we need to wait on anyone or this or that. Or the other. They were, and, and the fact of the matter is, is they already had their recruiting class set and they offered me a full ride right on the spot. And it was like, this is the top school yeah. in, the, in the country. And, you know, so that, that to me is what really made me choose Akron over everyone else and then you know ultimately another thing that happened is i didn't go to akron that summer in 2015 i actually went to england to try to go play professionally and that didn't quite work out and when i came back they still had that offer full ride offer on the table so like that's how i knew that they were they were interested in me that much they were dedicated to me and they helped me mold, become an mls player yeah that's crazy so that they were your first d1 offer and you ended up going there. For, yep first d1 offer all right actually they, they were second because Florida International University offered me a scholarship. Obviously, they yeah. being from Florida, they were right there, but they were the second. So gotcha. Well, yeah, that's still that's still cool. Like like you said, like they stuck with you. So I mean, I it's totally see how that all happened. Like just just while you were saying it, just like in my head, I was like, yep, like that. I would do the same thing. Yeah. Now going, I know you only stayed there for one year. So what what was that decision like to you know go leave after one year of college? Uh, I mean, obviously, you know, I had a really good rookie uh, freshman year. You know, I won some really high freshman accolades. I was an All-American as a freshman. So mm-hmm. I just, the opportunity arose itself. I mean, uh, they were speaking about me being a generation Adidas player, and I just had that opportunity to, you know, I wanted to go pro. I had the chance to go to England right after my first semester, and I started to get into the, the U.S. youth national teams. I was never getting called into the na- national teams until – Maybe that summer I went to college. I went to my first national camp, and then when I was in college, so um, that was in 2016. And I started, you know, my resume started to become better and better and better. And I had a good college season, so I think I led the country in assists. Mm-hmm. So I ended up, I finished that year maybe with like four or six goals and like the 14 assists or something like that. So I, I had a good season, and you know, I spoke to to Jared and look. I mean, I think any college coach is going to want their players to stay but he ultimately told me like straight up he was like look like i think you could use another year here mm-hmm. but he also said if the opportunity does arise that you can go i don't think you going now or going next year would do anything but it's up to you and this is why we brought you here we told you that we had a plan for you we believe you had a professional future and that's why we brought you here so he said ultimately for me to tell you hey, I think you should stay here one more year. It's best for you. Or, hey, go now. It's best for you. And I was like, that's a decision you have to make. And, you know, I, I, I felt speaking with my advisors at the time that, you know, what's the point of waiting? The younger I can get into the professional ranks and learn from top players in this country, the better, you know. So ultimately, they ended up offering me a generation Adidas contract. And I took it and I went to the, the combine and did well. And I was able to get drafted by New York City. Yeah, and then yeah. What what was the combine like? And then where did you where did you think you were gonna go in the draft after the combine? Mm. <laughs> Actually, I'm gonna give you before and after. Before the combine, right. I was like, I'd be happy <laughs> if I went in the first round because <laughs> I didn't know how it worked. Honestly, I was a little rookie, little little 19 year old <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. coming into the college combine, you know. But after the combine, I mean, I did I had I did well in the combine. Actually, I won the combine MVP. So you know that was some of the best soccer I actually did play. You know, in a while, I did well. So. Uh, I ended up getting drafted number three, but after the combine, based on who I was speaking to, I thought I was going to go to Columbus or to the Red Bulls uh, or to Portland. So Portland, I think Columbus had the fourth pick maybe or fifth pick, mm-hmm. and then Columbia, uh, Portland was going to trade for the fourth pick. So Caleb Porter, he really wanted to bring me in, and 
Uh, he's obviously a great coach, and but he has Akron ties, and he worked with my current head coach at Akron. So they he was his assistant when Caleb won the championship at Akron. So he has Ohio ties. So he was watching me all through the Akron season. He really liked me, and uh, I, I I thought I was going to go forward just because obviously I got that that information passed on from my coaches. They were telling me, yeah, Caleb's going to take you. He's going to trade up first spot and take you. And then the last day of the combine or the last interviews, I met with New York City FC. And it was very short. And Patrick just told me we really liked you as a player. And I kind of, you know, at the time when they met with me, I thought it was funny because I don't even think they had a first round pick. Mm-hmm. And I was just kind of, and I, I knew I would go in the first round at some point, but I didn't know how high I would go. But I knew they didn't have a first round pick. So then when I met with me, I was just like, oh, it's interesting. And I was just like, you know, it's great to meet someone like Patrick Vieira, obviously being a top player that he was, a coach that just took New York City to playoffs the year before. So I was like, and obviously they had some talented players. I followed a little bit of the MLS that year with Jack Harrison being there. He's a player that, you know, I looked up to, and obviously dominating college soccer. And, you know, that was someone that I wanted to be like mm-hmm. when, when I get to the MLS. And then out of nowhere, he was like, oh, I'll see you soon. And I kind of was like, wait, what? And I told my agent that, and he was just like, ah, don't take it anyway and sure enough i saw him very soon the next day (laughs) (laughs) that's crazy yeah so what what was that feeling like just hearing your name uh, called number three i mean it's just like my best friends my mom and my dad for them you know growing up you know obviously playing soccer i guess you could say like grassroots soccer my parents being from a foreign country you know that opportunity that they had they had a son that made it to the professional ranks and anything but just as a professional athlete you know i think for me it was more i did it i did it for my family like i did it for myself but Mm -hmm. I think it was a good accomplishment for my family as well, you know, to have a Lewis be a professional athlete. And obviously my best friends all came up to come watch me get drafted. And it was like, you know, like they've been, they've been with me since, I don't know how young I grew up with these guys playing soccer and they saw that they saw the growth of me as a player. And, you know, I think that that was like the big thing is like, I, I was never good when I was younger. I, you know, I was, was always a hard worker and I wasn't necessarily the most talented, and they watched me grow as a player. So for them to be a part of that with me, you know, that was special. And these are still my best friends to today, and they always will be my best friends for the rest of my life. And, you know, being able to have my sister and my brothers and my mom and dad, that, I think that was the best experience. You know, I don't think they've ever been in something like that. You watch the NBA and the NFL draft on TV, and you see how crazy it was. And it, it felt like that, you know, obviously mm-hmm. life-changing stuff, life-changing decisions, you know, and... For me, it was an amazing experience, you know, and then obviously to be, you know, a top three draft pick, I think that was another big, a big thing, you know, for my family. They were like, wow, like my son just went number three overall in the MLS draft. Like, you know, like for them, that was an accomplishment in itself. And I was just so happy to see it, like my mom and dad smiling so much. Yeah, then take me, take me to your first game and then your first start. Like, what, were you nervous? Were you excited? Were you both? Um, so my first game came... So, obviously, in 2017, when I got drafted, I think we played against Montreal. So, I was definitely nervous. Very nervous, actually. Uh, I didn't play good. I played, like, 15 minutes, but it was definitely not a good <laughs> good game for me. I was nervous. You know, I didn't have a preseason with them. I was away with the U20 national team. So, I had some catching up to do. And, obviously, New York is one of the best teams in the league at the time. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I had some catching up to do. I had to really learn my craft. And my first start didn't come. So, I think I made my appearance in March. That was my first appearance for them. I don't think I made my second appearance until maybe like late May. My first start in June, maybe, I think July. But I think, you know, like obviously in hindsight at the time, I was like, man, why am I not getting a chance? This, that, and the other. And I was working hard, but, you know, but then it's like, I feel like Patrick really, really, really did his, did good job, like 
preparing me for my first start because on my first start, so obviously the first game I was nervous as hell mm-hmm. and I just, you know, I didn't do well. I wasn't ready. But then like my, my first start, it's like I almost felt like I was a veteran. Like I was calm. I was prepared. I felt like I've been doing this for so long. And credit to the coaching staff because literally they basically molded me just for that first start. And I was my first start, I was flying and I ended up getting mad at the match that game. Uh, I got an assist. And then I think a week later, I ended up scoring my first ever goal. Yeah, what was that like scoring your first goal in the MLS? Yeah, we played against the LA Galaxy. I, it's funny whenever I go to LA, I have decent success there. Like literally, so like the combine was in LA, and I scored a lot of goals there. We just recently played against the Galaxy with the Rapids. I scored there, and then my first goal was against LA again. Which I scored there, so it, it, it was great. I mean, I think I just never imagined. It, it was just. I think when, as a kid growing up, when I knew about MLS, I always knew that, like, the LA Galaxy is the biggest team in the MLS. And for me, I still believe that to this day, that, you know, they're, they're the biggest market in the MLS. That's the that's the, that's the the market of stars. You know, the biggest players come there. And obviously, it was Chicharito now, Zlatan Ibrahimovic, Beckham, all of these guys. So um, I was on the field with Jonathan Dos Santos at the time. I think, I'm trying to think who else was on their team. You know, they had national team players who were big players, Sebastian Legette. Jossie Zardis, obviously. So it's just, you know, it's it's a big, big market. And to get my first goal against a team with so much history, so much, so much achievements, and you know what I mean? That that to me was it was a testament. Like it was a it was a really good achievement, a good feeling, you know, and playing against I think that game, because obviously we had David Villa on our team. So I think they had a sold out stadium that day. And it was like, you know, I was like, wow, like this can be a time I could really shine. And you know, I, I played well that game. I had got my first goal. And you know, the feeling was incredible. And I think I, I went and did a knee slide after, and I feel like I got a, a name around the MLS for that. I have the failed knee slides. <laughs> so I literally f- slid and flipped over like four times. But it was it was fun, and I had a, an amazing time, that amazing experience that day. Yeah, so uh, you ended up spending two and a half seasons with NYCFC, and then you got traded uh, last season to the Colorado Rapids. Uh, what, was, uh, what was your feeling like getting traded? No, essentially, I mean, if I'm being honest, I, I wanted to get traded, so... Obviously, when when new coach came in, Patrick left, you know, my playing time started to decline. And I understand, you know, people have different agendas. They brought in some new players, you know what I mean? And I thought, (laughs) I felt like I was getting better as a player and I was progressing as a player and going backwards in terms of minutes played. And eventually it just came to the point, you know, where I spoke to the management then. I just told him, look, like, I want to play some games. And Claudio, Claudio's an amazing guy. He's a great, great mentor, great person. And, you know, he was honest with me. He was like, we believe that you have a good future. We'll let you go. And they were, they were very, I, I respect the fact that they were willing to let me to let me go you know that he told me straight up we believe that you have something to bring for this team but if you really want to go and you feel like you know you can play somewhere else more consistently and you know what i mean then we will we'll give you we'll grant you that opportunity and i respect that so much so i had the i got the opportunity colorado came up and you know my agent was we we jumped on it and i was able to get traded here and i feel like so far i've had some decent success with them and since i got traded i feel like everything's now taken off a lot more i got into the national team i've uh, made a few caps with the senior team um, i've done well and now i've been playing a lot playing pretty consistently so yeah i mean just looking at your stats it looks like every year you just keep on going rising up yeah no i mean like i said it's credit to the staff and the belief that colorado has shown in me and that's why i've shown tremendous belief and of course it's not always been pretty you know i've (laughs) definitely gone through i mean i feel like these two years have been my first year being a consistent player i guess you can say consistent you know getting consistent minutes so i've definitely had my my little rough patches where you know i've had to 
deal with some of the adversity. You know, at the start of the year, I wasn't at the start of this year. I wasn't a consistent starter, but you know, speaking with Robin, Robin had faith in me that I can be the consistent starter at this. You know, but he told me the things. If I get these down, I nail these down. I'll be in the team consistently. And you know, it got to the point where you know he feels like I've not not necessarily nailed it down, but I've gotten good at the things he wanted me to get good at. And now I've been playing consistently. Yeah, you know, and obviously playing, having two coaching changes or having a coaching change, you know, obviously coming in with Connor, you know, he wanted different things. So I think for my own development, you know, having two different coaches with two different styles where I've actually got to play now, you know, I've had my, my, my learning experiences and I've now had to adjust to make sure I can be consistently playing. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Enjoy learning what it takes to become a better player from professional soccer players? Well, how would you like to work with professional players one-on-one? Now you can with Be Pro by Perfect Soccer. Head over to perfectsoccerskills.com slash B-E-P-R-O to apply to work with our network of pro players today. Um, yeah, then going going to the U.S. national team, what, what does it mean to you to uh, just put on that jersey with the USA uh, logo on it? I mean, it's an honor. It's a, it's a, it's an honor for sure. I mean, I think it's any. I, I think that's the number one dream. You know, my dreams, obviously, everyone wants to play in Europe. And everyone wants to, you know, play in the Premier League and play at some of the biggest teams in the world. But I don't think there's any better feeling than playing for your national team and getting to represent them in a World Cup. And I think for me, like, that's the number one goal is that I want to try to make it onto that World Cup squad and play in some of these major tournaments that the U.S. gets to play in. A World Cup qualifying, the uh, whatever, the World Cup, uh, if a Confederation Cup comes around, you know. Like those those type of games and, you know, that's that's the best feeling. And I think getting to represent your country, you know, it says something about you as a player gives you that swagger, that confidence to say, you know, you're whatever camp that they decide to have. You know, you're one of the best 23 players that they selected when you get called into a gold cup. You're one of the best 23 players now they've selected, you know, and it it says something and it gives you that belief. You know, now you're playing with some of the best players in the United States, you know, I had the opportunity to play in the Gold Cup last year. I mean, I played with from some of the best veterans ever the U.S. has seen in Michael Bradley and Josie Altador to, to arguably the greatest U.S. player in, ever, which is Christian Pulisic, you know, getting to play with those type of players. And these are American players who have not, you know, they're not playing just in the MLS, but they're def- they defied odds, you know, Christian playing at Chelsea mm-hmm. and is their number 10. And then guys like Josie and Michael Bradley who played consistently at big clubs in Europe, you know, these are... These are guys that have gone through the path that I want to go. I want to follow that same path, you know, mm-hmm. and it all started with the national team and them performing for the national team. Yeah, definitely. Well, I also saw that you got invited to uh, to the Jamaica national team. What, what was the decision like to pick between U.S. and Jamaica? Oh, ultimately, <laughs> honestly, this is a funny one, too. I, I wanted to play. It's not that I wanted to play for Jamaica, but at the time I got called into the U.S., uh, I wasn't. I didn't get traded yet, so that was with New York when Greg took over mm-hmm. the team, and it was funny because again, Greg's watched me all through college playing in Columbus. He was good friends with my college coach as well. So when he got the national team job, he called me in, and I wasn't. I didn't deserve to go to that camp, and that's just the honest truth. You know, I didn't deserve to get called into the national team. I did well in that camp, and ultimately, my first two games, I performed, but. I wanted to go play for Jamaica because I just thought I had no chance to play for the U.S. I definitely had my confidence. It dipped mm-hmm. a little bit. So I was kind of like, man, you know, and I was we were speaking to Jamaica Federation. They wanted to bring me in. They really felt like, you know, they can really help me ignite my career, obviously playing games with them, playing against like the U.S. and stuff like that. And I can really ignite my career. But then like Greg called me and I was like, we're going to bring you into January camp. I'm just kind of confused. And I was like, OK. <laughs> and credit to Claudio. I know Claudio definitely had 
some help with that. So, you know, and like I said, I appreciate him a lot for, you know, doing that, but he definitely recommended me as well as a player that fits his style. And they called me in and I knew it was a January camp. So I knew it wouldn't necessarily mean anything. It's just a January camp. But then after January camp, he started calling me inconsistently. I was like, holy crap. And it it worked out. And obviously since then I've been, you know, I'm not necessarily, I'm not a starter on that team for sure. But I mean, I've gotten called inconsistently. I've gotten minutes off the bench for them. So, Mm -hmm. and I've always wanted to play for the U S that was always my number one choice. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, and then going back into the MLS, um, I know the players created the Black Players for Change. Um, what's your What's your thoughts on that, and how do you think like change looks for you? Uh, I mean, for me, it's just like I've always said it. You know, like we, I feel like we actually play a kind of a privileged sport in America. You know, there's not as many in America as black players as there is in. Uh, well, black American players, yeah. I mean, uh, as there is in other countries. And I, I think for me, the changes right there is like getting more black coaches involved, more black associates in the MLS board, just a lot more black American players playing soccer, you know, uh, being able to 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 help the sport grow. I think we need to be able to give back to the communities that, like, you know, soccer is a sport in America where you have to pay for. And, you know, being able to help unfortunate whether it's black, white, or like any minority, just Mm -hmm. anyone, honestly. But, you know, for me, I think that's a big change right there is when we can try to get this sport where it's not a sport that we have to pay for anymore because obviously some of the best, most talented soccer players in this country probably can't even afford to play soccer like any other sport. But if they pay, if they have to pay, then they're never going to get seen. And, you know, growing up, that's how I was. I couldn't, my family couldn't really afford paying club soccer. You know, I Mm -hmm. had to get a job and I worked a little bit. You know, my mom was basically grinding had two jobs trying to help me to play pay for soccer and we had to get different financial aids you know but you know maybe you know obviously it worked out for me but not everyone it ends up working out for so i think you know that's the biggest thing for me is that that's what that change for me is just being able to tap into those communities those poorer communities poor black communities and make them feel welcomed in our sport yeah definitely yeah i mean i think that's a a big thing in all sports like the travel teams are just so expensive like a lot of people can't 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 afford it 100 percent all right, you ready for the five Quincy questions? Yeah, let's do it. Quincy, <laughs> what a guy. <laughs> what's uh, what what's the, what's the most important uh, skill or quality that you feel has made you successful as a pro player? I think I'm good in the 1v1. That's what most coaches have said is that I'm good. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a pacey player, but I'm good at 1v1. I can dribble guys and kind of go past guys. So I think that's probably my number one quality. Uh, what do you think is the biggest mistake pro players are making? Mm, giving up honestly i think you know sometimes when things aren't going your way a lot of pro players do you know they throw in the towel sometimes and i think you know or they may just go for the money and just get paid out and they're just like whatever and i think for me you know i think there's just a lot of talented players in this country that you know they might not have the right opportunity i feel like in this country especially it's about where you land what teams you get to and the opportunity that you get it's presented to you and i think you know it sucks that it's like that way here but mm-hmm. i think that's the number one thing you know like again i had that feeling when i was in new york i felt like damn maybe i'm not good enough mm-hmm. and i was struggling to play and then i didn't give up and i was given the opportunity a whim to perform and show myself as a player and it worked out so i would say that for me is number one just not giving up yeah. Or, or giving up early. Yeah, definitely. Um, this kind of goes along with that question, but what advice would you give uh, to a young player trying to make a pro league? Uh, my advice to them is just you have to just believe in yourself. For every coach out there that thinks you're good, there's going to be coaches that think you're bad. And you have to be able to take what – you have to be able to look inside yourself and know what advice you're getting is good advice, but you also have to look inside yourself and know when you're doing crap and when you're not performing, when you're not good at something, you have to know – that you're not and you need to get better at it 
And that's my advice is like being honest with yourself, but just not giving up. Because like I said, for every coach who, or vice versa, for every coach that thinks you're a bad player or not good enough, there's going to be another coach that sees you as Messi or Ronaldo. And that's just the truth of it. So that's my advice is not giving up and also being honest with yourself. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great point. I think that's a lot in life. Like, some like say like somebody likes a song and somebody else doesn't like the song like it's the same 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 concept 100 percent. what is something that most people think is true that you believe isn't what do most people think is true that i think isn't mm, soccer related <laughs> i personally believe that so i think most people believe that you don't have to score goals or get an assist to get seen and i personally think that's not true that i actually get into a fight with a guy on my team diego rubio all the time because he's always telling me about oh if you're performing you're doing things you're making the game blah 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 just because you don't score an assist doesn't mean anything but i swear to you like i watch some of the best players in the world and like i feel like they do nothing the whole game and then they score and they get mad at the match and I'm just like, what the heck? They didn't do anything all game. So yeah. for me, like, that's something in soccer. I, 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 I personally believe if you don't have the stats, you know, I mean, I feel like stats do matter a lot. That's my opinion, you know. But yeah. I think a lot of people in the soccer world will tell you, like, you don't need to score an assist to be the best player on the pitch. Yes. I feel, I feel you. Uh, what is something you would move forward with if you weren't scared of, like, the consequences of if, like, it didn't go well? Hmm. That's an interesting one. <laughs> uh, I I think I would want to, like I said, going back to unfortunate kids playing soccer. If if there was no, if I wasn't afraid of the consequences, uh, financial note, I would. Uh, well, hopefully when I I get to that level, but I would want to open up different like soccer academies and make it all all like all funded soccer academies and and starting in america for sure and then expanding to different countries like the caribbean you know mm -hmm. again like i lived in jamaica for a while and i know how it's a poor country a lot of people can't afford things so like for me that would be like a number one thing and i and i want to do that i want to be able to give back to the community like that i want to be able to open up soccer academies where kids can get seen by proper professional coaches that through my connections got coaches in the mls academy directors and all that stuff to give these kids an opportunity because again like i know there's so many talented players that are out there in this world that they can't pay their way to make it on mm -hmm. this side of the world. Obviously, in Europe, it's very different. But on this side of the world, you know, it's not like that. And I, I definitely would want to – that's something I would definitely want to do, obviously, on a financial level. I need to become a multimillionaire. I can do that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but for sure. that is something – that is a goal of mine, honestly. It's like, yeah. you know, I want to make it big enough in soccer where I can give back to the community and do, you know, things like that. And. Uh, uh, actually following Marcus Rashford right now what he's doing in England with the whole food thing with helping out poor people with food like some of the poor and unfortunate mm -hmm. with food right now like they have no access to food during the year uh, that you know for me like again I want to do something like that giving back for in a soccer boy yeah yeah for sure are right, you ready for some fun questions <laughs> yes sir let's do it all right who's uh, one player in the MLS you want to do a jersey exchange with and who would be one overseas you want to do with one with Overseas, it'd be that one's hard, man. I think Ronaldo. All right. If, Ronaldo's my favorite player. He's my idol. Can't go. Um, can't go wrong. If I could choose two, my second one would be Mbappe because he's my second favorite player, and I like to watch him. And he's someone I try to model my game after. But Ronaldo, for sure, he's my number one favorite player. Um, he is my idol, and that's who I would choose. And then a player in the MLS uh, who I'd like to do a jersey swap with. Can I say someone I've done a jersey swap with already? But I will continue to do it. How about a new one? A new one. Who would I like to do a jersey swap with? Hmm. Hmm. 
Uh, actually, I have a good one. Uh, Kai Kamara, because when I got traded here, he took me under his wing, and he's obviously a big, big legend in the MLS, scored multiple goals in this league, uh, played in the Premier League, and, you know, he was a mentor for me when he, he took me under his wing when I came to Colorado. He had Alfonso Davies in Vancouver, and he mentored him, and he saw that same potential in me, and he still does, and he's been mentoring me, and I still talk to him since he got traded to Minnesota, so we play them on Wednesday, and I want to swap jerseys with him, and you know, that's the player right now I'd probably want to swap jerseys with. Yeah, definitely. Actually, I think he's the most people have said on the podcast. He, he really? got met. Yeah. Oh, Uncle Kai. <laughs> he has a, a reputation. <laughs> yeah. Well, since you said uh, Ronaldo uh, was your idol, then what, if you met him, what was what would be one question you'd ask him? Oh, no, I told Weston already. I'm coming to Juve to meet him. <laughs> 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 no, the one question I had is I would want to know what was his why. Okay. Why did he go to the extent that he's done to get where he is? And for me, I, it would be interesting to know what drip, what drove him. What you know, this guy doesn't stop. I mean, you see it. He's thirty-five years old and he's still scoring thirty-plus goals a year. Mm-hmm. Like, so what's his why? Why does he continue to do it? Why does he continue to strive for greatness? And I want to know. I want to break, like, be able to dissect that and figure out what his why is. You think he's gonna come to the MLS? Do you want me to be honest with you? Yeah. No chance. No chance. Speaking to David Villa about Messi and Ronaldo when I was in New York, I just, based on what David has said about them, I highly doubt they would have, neither of them. Unless there was some under-the-table stuff that went on, I doubt they would come to the MLS. And also, I think they're just, they're top, 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 top players. Like, again, Ronaldo's, I mean, you talk about Zlatan came here, what, 35, 36? Ronaldo's 35, and he's still a top 10 player in the world. So it's like, why would he – he doesn't – he can retire still playing at this level. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. All right, last question. Uh, what do you like to do in your downtime when you're not playing soccer? I'm a big sports guy, so I watch a lot of sports, NFL, NBA. I've watched tennis. Like, you know, I'm just always constantly watching sports. Obviously, I watch soccer, and then I play a lot of video games. Call of Duty, of course, FIFA, NBA. Uh, I actually do play, believe it or not – I'm a big like art, art, how do you say, RPG game, uh, yeah. like role playing game. So I'm playing this game right now called Ghost of Tsushima. Uh, it's like a samurai game, which it's like an open world game. Um, I play, like, I play different video games, and I'm into anime. I think okay. I know a lot of people think that's weird, but <laughs> I watch like Naruto and like One Piece, and I'm into like Dragon Ball Z and stuff. So that's why I play those open world games, like whether it's open world shooters or like samurai games, like. I've played Assassin's Creed. I've beat all of them. So I'm a big video game guy, actually. So definitely getting the PS5 when it comes out. Do you stream? No, that I don't do because I'm actually embarrassed to stream because, like, for (laughs) example, I think I'm okay at Call of Duty, but then, like, you hop on and you're one of these guys and they're just, they're crazy. Like, there's some guys on my team that are actually, like, crazy good at the game. Yeah. Like, like, you know, I get my four or five kills and I'm like, yeah, I just did a good, I had a good dub today. And then, like, I'm seeing guys posting on my team that have, like, 15 kills. I'm like, yeah, I'm just not streaming. You're crazy, but no, I don't stream. But I know, I know some of the guys on the national team and on my team stream as well. Yeah, yeah, I'm more of the same. Just play. I'm playing for fun, and then I see these guys, and I'm like, okay, like I thought I was all right, but I was like, nah, I'm like trash. <laughs> yeah, no, hundred <laughs> percent. All right, well, I appreciate you coming on, and uh, could you let the listeners know where they can follow you at? Oh yes, you can follow me, John underscore Lewis Seven. That's my Instagram. And then my Twitter, I believe, is actually John underscore Lewis 7. Follow me. I would love to get your guys' follows. And thank you for having me on the show today. Yeah, again, appreciate it. And uh, best of luck the rest of the season. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, We'll talk soon. 
Quincy Marroquois here, and thanks again for listening. If you enjoyed today's episode, please be sure to share it with someone you feel will get some value from it. And if you could take a moment to leave a review of our podcast wherever you're listening and let us know who you'd like us to interview next, we'll get working on that right away. You can listen to this full episode and more at perfectsoccerskills.com slash radio. That's perfectsoccerskills.com slash R-A-D-I-O. You can also enter to win free weekly soccer prizes, goals, balls, jerseys, player meet and greets, and more by heading over to perfectsoccerskills.com slash P-S-T-M to enter to win for free today.